This episode brought to you by Stitch Fix. The easy way to get clothes that fit you and don't break the bank. Also brought to you by Chime, the award-winning app and debit card that can save you money today. Stoush, Greg. I remember it so you don't have to. You might have noticed there's been a lot of movies about multiverses recently, and I'm trying to explain why people are starting to get sick of them. I'm still not following. Okay, multiverse movies are like a bowl of oatmeal. At first, it's kind of passable, but you get tired of it after a while. So you need to do something to sweeten it up, like a banana or a Spider-Man movie. But then everybody thinks they can do it, so they try with different fruits, like raisins. But raisins aren't bananas. Raisins aren't bananas. Raisins aren't bananas. I'm still not following. Perhaps I can explain. Who are you? I'm you, but from a different dimension, where we like emo music. Oh, how is it? Not great. I'm still not following. Okay, multiverse movies are like a book. If you read it as one story, it works. But if you jump around to random moments... Like 2023 Flash meeting 1989 Batman... It's not gonna come together as well. Where do you fall on My Chemical Romance? Will you get off that already? Nobody could. I'm still not following. Perhaps I can explain. Who are you? I'm you from a dimension where hot pockets are cold pockets. Oh. How does that- It doesn't affect us at all. I'm still not following. Okay, imagine the multiverse movies are this pen. Uh-huh. A pen that wrote all this science babble that's supposed to explain things. I'm following. It'd be like how you're tired of this trope where analogies simplify the multiverse. I'm still not following. Perhaps I can explain. What dimension are you from? Nowhere, I'm just standing. Oh. Okay, multiverse movies are like Swiss cheese. It's just a bunch of holes. Exactly! I'm still not following. Oh, shut up. you're a Spider-Man movie, everyone seems to be sick of multiverses. And arguably, the one that suffered the most from this was The Flash. The film was hyped up quite a bit from new head of the DCEU, James Gunn. But the responses from critics, audiences, and especially the box office was less than stellar. There's a lot of reasons people like to speculate why this film bombed as hard as it did. As for Miller's wanted poster of crimes, the constantly delayed production, the fact that a lot of these DCEU characters are on their way out, but what I've heard constantly is that people are just getting sick of multiverses. I guess as trends go, this would be a rather short run, but maybe part of it's that it's a genre within a genre. Most multiverse movies are in the superhero genre, which people are finally starting to lose interest in. Not that superheroes are dead or anything, but we're around 15 years of them really exploding in film. It's going to decrease at some point. Where something like the Spider-Man movies combine crossovers that seem poetic and make sense, The Flash combines a lot of things that sometimes go and other times feel like there's ulterior motives. I know this is loosely based on Flashpoint, but half the time it feels like it's either cashing in on past properties or setting up future ones. And again, I think people are becoming distracted by this strategy. I'm not gonna lie though, I like the film. Just enough. It's a mess, and I'm not surprised when somebody doesn't like it, but the stuff that works is unique enough and emotional enough that I am glad I checked it out. I'm just on the cusp of saying I don't think it works, but I think it pulls through. Like, by a hair. 
it's a lot to unpack, so let's take a look. This is... Wait, what universe is he from? I'm not, it just moved to the couch. Oh, I'm still not following. Don't worry, I'll walk you through. Thank you. The Flash. We open with Barry Allen, played by Ezra Miller, getting breakfast when he suddenly gets a call from Alfred, played again by Jeremy Irons. Sorry, I'm in sort of a rush for the sandwich. You can't rush a good sandwich, dude. Like you can't rush a movie that's really gonna underperform. I confess, the first time I watched this, I missed the title starting up until he's interrupted. And admitted, so did you, because nobody saw this movie twice. You actively eating that candy bar? I need you here now, Barry. Hi, Bruce. Yes, I'm... I do like the idea that the fastest man in the world has issues making time for everything, which feeds even more into the time travel angle later, as he makes his way to Gotham City, or as we're coming to know it, Philly, Chicago, Detroit. Barry, gas and water pipes ruptured in the basement. Right. He has to take over for Batman, played again by Ben Affleck, played briefly by Black Widow. You can handle the hospital, Barry. Somebody has to save the rest of the world, so I was gonna do that. Wow, I never thought I'd say this, but I miss the really fake-sounding Batman voice. I mean, okay, I guess it's not that bad compared to other Batman voices, and let's face it, this is an impressive Batman game demo. Oh, I mean, now look at the real Batman doing all these real stuns! My speed is lagging. Running on empty, Alfred. The effects don't get much better, as Barry has to save a bunch of falling babies while trying to get energy for speed because he hasn't eaten. There's a baby. This is a funny moment that cleverly shows the limitations of his power and how they work, but... I'm sorry, were half these babies already microwaved before they were memed? The director famously tweeted some of the effects were meant to look weird, as he wanted things when he was in the speedy realm to look otherworldly. Okay, fair, but how do you explain moments not in the speedy realm? I'll admit I give superhero movies a little more leeway when it comes to effects, as I want them to look appealing as opposed to real. But unless you're a Polar Express character farting a scene from Food Fight, I don't think you're gonna find this appealing. You should seek the services of a mental health professional. The Justice League is not very good at that part yet. Trust me. Yeah, why don't we just start a count of shirt-hugging moments reminding us of the real world Ezra Miller. Fire the editor who said, yeah, leave that in. Right after you fire most of your effects team. It looks like Batman needs a hand, but thankfully an old friend is there to help. Sorry I'm late. I only appear exclusively in cameos now. This of course leads to some classic oversharing, whatever the lasso of truth is used. I developed this all-powerful persona to compensate for my childhood trauma. I too have childhood trauma. The lasso of truth never gets old. I hate to say it, but she's right. Those jokes usually work. Aw, oh, shit. That in-text scam finally caught up with Peter. Just the way I can imagine she's alive. Out there living her life. Actually, that's Barry's father, Henry, played this time by Ron Livingston, who was wrongfully arrested for the murder of his wife, who was killed while he was out getting tomatoes. The footage Barry uncovers, though, doesn't show a clear shot of his face. Even though he's wearing the same clothes the cops must have seen him in that day, what are the chances of someone else wearing the exact same thing there? I don't know, it's not enough. And this causes Barry to have a flashback to the last time he saw his mother. Played by Maribel Verdoux. How many calculations can you think of with an answer of 24? There are a bajillion answers. Not every problem has a solution. Sometimes you just have to let go. Remember that if you ever go time traveling. She asks Henry to pick up tomatoes at the store, and while she's out, somebody sneaks in, thinking the place is empty, and kills her. Barry! Call 911 now! That's right, Barry, 911 is outside! What are you doing?! He runs so fast, he enters the Snyderverse for a second, and figures he can travel so fast, he can go through time. And okay, as much flack as this scene gets for its effects, this is one of the most creative time travel sequences I've ever seen. 
Nine out of ten times, it's a bright portal that just takes you to that place in time, or the footage is rewound and fast-forward. But we go into some Star Trek IV territory here, where shit gets weird, distinct, yet does have a logic to it. This is an example of how the effects don't have to look real, they just have to look good. And the layout of this is so unique and so visually interesting, it's one of my favorite time-traveling sequences ever. But because The Flash has never seen any movies he doesn't get, this is a bad idea. You step on the wrong blade of grass, you have no idea what the consequences to that could be. Do you know how many nipples I could be covered in? I could fix things. You could also destroy everything. DCEU joke or Ezra Miller joke? There's nothing broken with you that needs to be fixed. Definitely Ezra Miller joke. <laughs> Seriously though, Affleck still does a good job for the short time he's on screen. And unlike Wonder Woman or later Aquaman, it makes sense for him to be here as they do have a bit of a connection with their past and he'll meet up with another version of him later. Barry does try to have something close to a personal life though, as an old school friend appears to be an old school friend that appears. Yeah, she doesn't do much in this. This footage should have finally supported my dad's alibi. Three wives ruined for a can of tomatoes. Sounds like half of Thanksgiving's in America. <laughs> he gets the idea that if he puts the tomatoes in his mother's cart, it won't offset things too much and she'd still be alive. Great, I can change it so Tucker Carlson feels like he can buy drinks for the M&Ms again. See you soon. He puts the tomatoes in the cart, but on his way back, Dickless Doomsday arrives and pushes him into a different point in time. His mother is still alive, his father isn't in jail, and an unsufferable version of him roams the streets. Think about having a mushroom flashback? Is that a thing? How old are you? <laughs> okay, so there's two big takeaways from their interactions. One is, for all the issues with the effects, the two berries interacting are spectacular. Really think about the fact that all these scenes had to be shot twice and both the acting and the effects never make you question it. It's not like there's only a few scenes where they're together either. There's a ton. And I almost never question the legitimacy of it. It really looks like they're interacting with each other. It's like if multiplicity didn't have awkward effects they were trying to show off, but then a bad effect like Jar Jar was distractingly on screen. Bottom line, these moments deserve a lot of technical praise. The second thing to take away, though, young Barry's the worst. Mom! Broski. Powers? <laughs> I get what they're doing, like, if you see your younger self, you're gonna be more annoying than you remember, but... Young Barry is way too stupid and has a laugh like Mozart's snowballing Elmer Fudd. <laughs> His whole character is that laughing guy from the opening of Fifth Element. <laughs> drug you and then you'd pass out and you'd wake up and you'd forget that anything ever happened and it wouldn't be wrong, right? With that said, time travel is a surprisingly good way to make this an origin story, as old Barry has to make sure young Barry gets his power so he can still save people, which involves him getting struck by lightning in a lab. We see a cool effect where his cells can vibrate so fast they can go through walls, which plays very little into this story, but screw you, I think it's cool. And the lightning goes through both of them, causing young Barry to get powers and old Barry to lose his tooth. That is powers. Why did nobody tell me I look like a drunk T-1000 ice skating? <laughs> young Barry, of course, loves his new powers, but doesn't know his limitations yet. What did you do? Are we always this sleepy and hungry and... 
Are you naked? I mean, you're in college, so yeah. It turns out this is around the time when General Zod, played with passing interest by Michael Shannon, invades the planet looking for Superman. My name is General Zod. Can't tell if TV, static, or just normal CGI character in this movie. Barry remembers saving his first civilian around this time. I couldn't get his dad. <laughs> that was all I could do, to save that one kid. But wait, you never actually saved anyone before. I'm just assuming they're going by the Snyder version. He finds out from his roommates, who just love Warner Brothers stuff, that his universe has been greatly altered and there's no superhumans but himself. This leads to some good laughs when he's trying to find the Justice League. Hello. Uh, hello, uh, Thomas Curry? Yes. And your wife is the Queen of Atlantis? Very funny, asshole. Wait, did Star Wars show take over like half of your Star Wars show? They do find out there's a Batman though, who I guess just leaves his mansion open. Dude, you really could have incorporated the walking through walls power here. And they stumble across this world's version of Bruce Wayne, played by Michael Keaton. Who the hell are you? I'm the guy who lives here. Now I do like seeing Michael Keaton back, but I will admit, I don't think this is the same as the Burton version. There are similarities, but there's a few too many things that don't quite add up. Zod exists in this universe Batman's not needed anymore because this Gotham City is too safe. This is how 89 Batman paints? I'm sorry, I don't buy it. There's a good callback to Barry and Bruce's first introduction that's then ruined by this joke. Wait, he's Batman? Bruce Wayne is Batman? It's like the Snyder Flash talking with the Whedon Flash. I'm just waiting for him to erupt into a routine about brunch. And we're introduced to three overused tropes the old bitter hero, explaining how time travel doesn't work, and as I mentioned, an analogy for the multiverse. Present, new, future. Yeah, time doesn't work like that. How do you know you haven't done it? Now what did happen in between these two movies? The multiverse. Some strands run almost parallel. There will be inevitable intersections. I actually do like him using the spaghetti to explain the multiverse, and I especially like the tomatoes is what screws everything up. But it is. It's a hot mess. Not sure if that was intentional or not. But of course Bruce doesn't want to help because that's just how these bitter old hero stories have to go now. Will you help us? Pass. Let me know when you need Birdman, though. That might still have some Oscar bait on it. Oh, who's there? I got you. Who is that? We got you. Oh god, what's going on? Stitch Fix got you. Oh, haven't we got- wait, what? Stitch Fix just gets you, which makes getting great style so easy. They do all the work, so you have the time to focus on all the other things on your plate. I'm sorry, is this a kidnapping, or... So check it out, check it out. Like, you know how shopping can be really annoying and stuff? Well, you just go on your website, and you take kind of this quiz, and like, they just ask you some questions, and it's like, is this your style? And you're like, no, no, well that one kind of is, and really quickly they figure out what your style is, and like, that's really neat, you know? Yeah, it is. And then they send you these different clothes to choose from, and you only keep the ones that you like. Yeah, that is convenient. Think of them as your style partner. Your stylist will learn your taste and collaborate with you on looks you'll love. With your choices in mind and a wide range of sizes available, they'll find your perfect fit and send you clothes handpicked just for you. Oh my god, so nice. They have over 1,000 brands and styles and do the work of choosing the best options for you. They'll even show you how to wear head-to-toe outfits so you can just get dressed and go. I like getting dressed and go. And if you don't love something, just send it back. Shipping returns and exchange 
exchanges are always free. Well, I like to say a special offer if that's okay. It is okay. Okay, thanks Stitch Fix, they just get me. And they'll get you too. <laughs> Don't do that, it doesn't help. Try today at stitchfix.com slash nostalgia and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash nostalgia. Once again, that's stitchfix.com slash nostalgia. Thank you, creepy voice. You're welcome. Now give me your money. Oh lord, I knew there was more to this. It's okay, you have charm. Oh, that is okay. Wait, kind of, what's happening? A little extra money helps everyone live their best lives. And Chime's online checking account is here to help you live yours. Well, first I was afraid, but now I feel nice. It is nice. With Chime's online checking account, you can enjoy lots of perks like fee-free overdrafts up to $200. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. How about that? How about that? No more pesky overdraft fees and no impact on your credit score to apply. Tell me more, person I used to be terrified of. Clearly, with a qualifying direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. Overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a purchase that exceeds your balance. Can I ditch the monthly fees? You bet heck you can! Oh, wow. Chime has no monthly minimum balance or overdraft fees. Access 60,000 plus fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined. Easily find one near you with the Chime app. Can I send, send and receive, receive money? money? Jinx! Oh my god! <laughs> Pay friends through Chime no matter what bank account they use and cash out your money fee-free. I bet signing up for Chime takes minutes. And I should join the millions of other Chime members and sign up today. That'd be great! You're great! You're great! You're right. Get started at Chime.com slash nostalgia. That's Chime.com slash nostalgia. Oh, oh, oh! May yes, I, may you I... can say the fast stuff in a silly voice. Thank you. Chime is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank, NA or Stribank, NA members, FDIC. Eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Access to the direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. At a network ATM, withdrawal fees may apply. This was fun. You're fun. You're fun. Can I go now? No, you're here forever. Oh, poop. Doug Plays God of War for the first time every Friday on Twitch. We also have content five days a week. Hope to see you there. The two berries go into the Batcave to find the Batcomputer, the Batmobile, and... Joker's Laughing Box. Wow, neat, I don't care. And old Barry tells young Barry he should appreciate what he has after comparing him to his mother. Sorry, Mom. Shut up. You have no idea how lucky you are. You take everything for granted. You don't even appreciate... Yeah, just play it. You know you're waiting for it. Barry wins Bruce over pretty fast when he says one of the inevitable cross-sections is every Bruce has an Alfred. Inevitable intersections are something none of the theories could have anticipated, because how do you explain that except for... fate? I know I should feel something here, but all I'm thinking now is, what if Keaton is this universe's Alfred? <laughs> like, Batman died and Alfred lay low, and then he just told these two people who broke in that he's Batman? Dude, that's the version I'm telling myself this is! <laughs> because I'll be honest, it's a little better than what we got. After Bruce goes to his bat suits, not in the Batcave. Seems like a waste of a trip, but I don't know, I guess you can't have too many. He shows up in the cape and cowl and... It looks weird. I think Keaton is killing it as Bruce Wayne, but when he has to put on that outfit at 71 years old, especially in a movie that doesn't shoot him in the way that outfit is supposed to be shot, it looks pretty silly. Sometimes from a distance it looks alright, like when they go to Russia to locate a supposedly captured Superman to take on Zod. Why is it so cold? It's the Arctic, Barry. Why do I have skin? Do chickens know they're delicious? Am I Batman too? This might hurt. Agreed, this CGI fight is gonna be painful to watch. 
As you'd imagine, the fighting doesn't look that great. It kinda looks like Pixar presents Injustice. But it gets a little fun when they discover it's not Superman they captured, but rather Supergirl. Played by Saj Kal-El. Again, the effects don't look real here, but they are fun. Leading to some creative camera work and some cool moves. Once she takes them all out, they get her back to the manor where we get, in my opinion, the most Batman scene from Keaton. Didn't that just feel like Batman for a second? He doesn't even have the mask on, but something about the way he looked at himself, like he didn't miss this, but he also kind of did at the same time. It's a brief moment, but it really works. We came to this planet looking for a safe place to live, and they put me in a cage. A lot of humans are dicks. Supergirl is nursed back to health, and despite not being much of a character on the written page, I think the acting and cool costume do give her a good identity. She's not amazing or anything, but I wouldn't mind seeing more of her in another film. But I'm not a human. With that said, her scenes are pretty rushed, as she too says to humanity and takes off. We get a nice talk between Bruce and Barry that once again shows, despite his awkwardness in the Batsuit, Keaton has Bruce Wayne down perfect. In another timeline, I could see these two working in a Batman Beyond type universe. As if putting on a cape and fighting crime would bring my parents back. You actually did it. You brought my parents back. No, Bruce, I didn't. Can you take me to my mommy? Bruce, you're scaring me. I sleep upside down, you know. They try to recreate Barry getting his powers just as Supergirl has a comically rushed change of heart and suddenly wants to help. Again, to their credit, they do a good job visually showing why she wants to help as they recreate him saving her with her saving him. I got you. I've got you. And there is a good talk about how she was sent to protect Kal-El. But since his craft didn't make it, saving these lives might atone for it. Krypton was a beautiful place. We are people of hope, not more. We're also people of better greens green keying, but these effects are part of the course by now. They of course ask Bruce if he's interested in joining as well. Are you in? You wanna get nuts? Let's get- I retract my statement, the world's not worth that forced callback. Young Barry alters the bat suit to look like a flash suit, which is pretty funny. They make their way to the desert to take on Zod and, you know, screw it, I think this fight's pretty fun. The Batwing can do some cool tricks, having two flashes run around looks pretty awesome, and what's this? A super person saving people? Well, this certainly isn't the Man of Steel universe. True, a lot of it looks like the climax to Sonic 2, but I didn't care that looked like a cartoon because it was colorful and creative, and I think the same rules apply here. Also, it does a great impression of current Warner Brothers. Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. When Supergirl discovers it's her blood Zod needs to whatever dumb plot Man of Steel had again. She tries to take him out, discovering Kal-El was killed by Zod. Stop wily coyoteing me. Supergirl gets killed, as does Batman. Not that you could tell from Barry's underreaction. No! The hell was that? That's not watching a friend die, that's answering across the street. Hey Barry, you want a taco from this food truck? No! Got it. It's a no. Young Barry says, wait a minute, I got all the time I want, I got a time machine, and decides to turn time back to do it again. No matter what though, there's no timeline where this film's a success. I mean, they save the day. We can't bring you back, can we? You already did. Tell your obnoxious other you, you were right about me. 
Young Barry keeps trying to go back to fix things, but no matter what, the world is doomed to fail. We even discover the creature that pushed Barry out of the time loop was Young Barry spending years trying to fix the past. I've got it almost figured out. How long have you been doing this? Time is inconsequential. So on the one hand, I like Barry as ultimately the villain as I feel like we've been learning to both love and hate him over these movies, so it does feel appropriate. I also like it cuts to the little boy and father from before, as if to indicate by trying to change the past where at least one of them lives, now they both die. But it is odd watching this world and characters you've gotten to know just crumble or straight up disappear. You could argue that emphasizes the lesson more, and yeah, sure, fair enough. Except later they show that going back in time does fix some things, so it's all over the map! But heck with that, it's time to go into the cameoverse. As Barry's actions are destroying other dimensions. Some of these cameos, I'm sad to say, are ruined by the bad effects. Christopher Reeves and Helen Slater look like those 3D printed sculptures you can get of yourself at the mall. But that's not enough to ruin this goddamn cameo! For Cage, as we all know, is an always functioning special effect. Even when he's malfunctioning. Go back to the original bomb you were in, you son of a bitch! Wait, there's a spider in this multiverse. Does that suddenly mean it makes it good? As you put together, Barry finally decides to go back and remove the tomatoes, meaning his mother will once again be murdered. You know I'm just a random lady in a store. I don't want to hack. And I'll just say it, this is the scene that saved the movie for me. Miller's acting, the dialogue, and even lack of dialogue make this a really powerful scene. Sometimes it's a bit on the nose, but the acting from these two feels so genuine and loving. Even though in the scene they care about each other in different ways they're not even fully aware of yet. Your mom must be grateful you came to visit her. She's very lucky to have you. I especially love when he uses his speed to put the tomatoes back, but then he takes the time to embrace a literal frozen moment in time. I loved you first. When I got to this point, I finally said, okay, I'm recommending this, because this is a moment people really shouldn't miss. When he goes back, everything looks exactly how it was, and Barry learns his lesson, he can't change the past. Except he totally did. Yeah, now the father looks up when he gets the tomatoes, so it's good that he did all this? I don't know. Well, at least we'll find out in the sequel who the killer is. Some things we just need to let go. Hey, remember why Superman works alone? Bruce. I'm pulling up now. You're not Batman. What's wrong with you? Yeah, I was in this, so it counts. Shut up. And that was The Flash. Not gonna lie. I'd totally be on board if he fought him next. <laughs> like I said, I'm not shocked when somebody doesn't like this film. It is, how Keaton put it, It's a hot mess. But for the creative moments, the heartfelt moments, the few comedic moments, the many well-acted moments, and the moments when the effects are legitimately good or visually dazzling, I do enjoy it. I can understand when somebody says the bad moments take them out of it and they can't have a good time. I think some of that is going to depend on how much leeway you give a superhero movie, which does vary from person to person. I don't know a lot about The Flash, but I do know there was a lot of cool stuff in this movie, even if a lot of it has gotten to way too late. I can't say it works great, but for me, it works just well enough. Plus, 
I don't know. There's just something that feels less special when you know there's a ton of different versions of the character. I'm the nostalgia critic. I remember. Did you hear something? No. Hmm. Huh. Well. That was. I'm still not following. Guess that means I'm. Dude, not blowing up the earth, that'd be weird. Broski? This month for Cameos for Charity, we're doing Red Cross. We've been seeing a lot of disasters in nature recently, and Red Cross specializes in trying to help any way they can. Whether it's providing blood, sending in volunteers, helping near or far with disasters big or small, Red Cross provides a number of different ways to save lives. So if you want a cameo of me saying happy birthday or good luck or whatever, click on the link below and be giving to a good cause. Or if you're like, screw you, I can't even look at you, well consider giving to this organization anyway. You can give money, give blood, or even volunteer. They're amazing people that literally save lives and you can help them out. Click on the link and see if this is a cause you can give to. Thank you.